Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com You're listening to a new episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, where we're reviewing Violent Night, plus all the latest movie and trailer news. I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies. And Violent Night sees a disillusioned Santa forced into a bloody and brutal battle to save Christmas when a group of ruthless mercenaries attacks the estate of a wealthy family on Christmas Eve. Got my attention. (laughs) Violent Night is directed by Tommy Wirkola from a screenplay by Pat Casey and Josh Miller. Violent Night stars David Harbour, John Leguizamo, Beverly D'Angelo, Alex Hassel, Alexis Lauder, Leah Brady, Edie Patterson and Cam Gigandit. Well, Tim, this is the time of year when we all look forward to watching our favourite Christmas movies and being introduced to a few new ones like Violent Night. Like Violent Night. If you think you're going in to watch this nice family Christmas movie and feel endeared, although you do at times, endeared by a Santa Claus, then this isn't the movie for you. Miracle on 42nd Street, it is not. (laughs) A Wonderful Life, it is not. You know, I've never seen... It's a wonderful life. <laughs> You've got to stop revealing these things. People I know, are going to lose all respect for you. What's wrong with me? What, <laughs> what do you wrong do all me? day? But do you know what, though? To be fair, mm. these days, Hallmark and Netflix movies are really cornering the market on the Christmas genre. But this one, mm. Violet Night, has the potential to become a cult classic. Right. I completely agree. I mean... The movie opens in such an unexpected way Mm. that you would expect a Christmas movie to open up. You've got a Santa sitting in a New York City bar Mm -hmm. drinking pints of beer. He's disgruntled, disheveled, disillusioned and angry. And that sets you up for the tone of this movie that this isn't the Santa that you're familiar with and it's certainly not the Christmas story that you've ever seen before. No, this is described by the filmmakers as an anti-Christmas movie. Mm. As you said, Santa has become disillusioned with the job. 
He's jaded by the commercialism and the greediness of Christmas. Yes. He's basically turned into a hard-drinking slob. Right. He looks like he smells like beer. Yes. And there's this great moment where he takes off in his sleigh and just vomits (laughs) off the side of it. (laughs) He is not in a good way. Just to build on the whole disillusion about Christmas and commercialism and and Mm. all the rest of it, capitalism, he says that kids have become little junkies who only want, crave and consume. So he's coming for the kids as well here. So he's really not well. But as we discover, he still has a soft spot for the nice kids. Yes, there is a naughty and nice list after all. Yes, but there seems to be a lot more on the naughty list (laughs) if you ask him. (laughs) Yes, and that naughty list keeps building as the film progresses, Mm -hmm. doesn't it, as more bad guys come into the fold. So Violet Night was shot by the filmmakers very quickly earlier this year mostly Mm. uh, because it was too cold in Canada where they filmed it to film over the Christmas period last year. They were meant to start I think in about November and the outdoor stuff was really snowing. So it was too cold for them to shoot. So they kind of had to hold off until it started to warm up and thaw out. And so they had a really short period of time to turn this film around to get it out in time for this Christmas. I mean, you want authentic when it comes to filmmaking, but I guess you have to draw a line in the, I guess, snow Mm -hmm. here where if it's too real, too cold, (laughs) too much snow, you don't want to put your cast and crew in danger. But it's very fly by the seat of the pants kind of production. I mean, professional production. That makes it sound like they just kind of threw it together. They didn't. But that comes across on screen, mm. I think. It's really wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Oh, definitely. Action-packed. Oh, yeah. Action-packed is the perfect way to describe this. And, you know, you've never seen Santa like this before. He can headbutt. He packs a punch. And he can take a punch as well. This guy, like David Harbour, isn't he like six foot something extraordinary? Like he's a, he's a unit. He's a big unit. He's a big boy. And so it's great to see him moving around yeah. on screen. We'll talk about the action and, and all that stuff later in the episode. So a bit more about the story. We have this family, this wealthy family called the Lightstones, mm. led by matriarch Beverly D'Angelo. Bow down. Oh, yep. Everyone's terrified of her, <laughs> as they I. rightfully should be. <laughs> and she's got a son and a daughter who are sort of vying for her attention at Christmas, but also the son wants to distance himself from the family because he realises how superficial they are and how cutthroat they are, really. because his mother has injected herself in the middle of his little family with his wife Mm -hmm. and his daughter Trudy, and he wants to escape from being under the thumb of the power and influence of his naughty mother. So there's some sort of succession-like dynamics going on in this family. (laughs) Okay, then we get the mercenaries led Mm. by John Leguizamo as Scrooge who are after the money. A lot, a lot of, of money. money. Millions of millions hundreds, of dollars. Hundreds of millions of yeah. dollars. 300 million, I believe. Three, yes. More than that. Okay. Insane. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> they want all the money and so they take this family hostage on Christmas Eve just as Santa is arriving to haphazardly chuck some presents under the tree for Trudy. <laughs> I mean, one of the great joys of this movie is watching this really broken Santa going around to all these living rooms, eating cookies, spitting out off milk, drinking (laughs) everyone's booze. And in this house, when he ends up in in the rich family's house, wrong place, wrong time, really, he's sitting in this massage chair getting a massage and just shaking. (laughs) And I'm thinking, what is going on? There's so much fun going on here from a tone perspective that you just just go along with it, don't you? Yeah, you really have to switch your brain off when watching this film and just go with the dark humour. I mean, the bad guy's code names, for example, quite on the nose, 
but quite funny. So candy cane is one of them. Gingerbread is another. Frosty is another yeah. one. Krampus is another <laughs> yes. one. Um, all led by Mr. Scrooge. Yes. Because we don't actually know what his real name is. He goes, you can call me Mr. Scrooge tonight or I something like that. I think they refer to him as Ben at some point. Oh, do they? Okay. I missed don't that one. Don't quote me on that one. Sure. No, it's on record. Too late. Uh, <laughs> Let's jump into the fight sequences because that's mostly what you're coming to see this film for. Let's be honest. You want to see Santa Claus kicking some ass, breaking some noses, blowing some shit up. And everything else in between. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The fight sequences are choreographed by Jonathan Jojo Eusebio, who Mm. has worked on the John Wick franchise. So you know the action is going to be good. Yes. This movie is produced by 87 North, David Leach's company. And of course, Mm. he's a great innovator in terms of stunt choreography being a stuntman himself formerly yes one of the recent productions they produced was nobody mm-hmm. which we saw oh gosh when was that i don't know but i loved it yeah brilliant and i guess the the way that the action and the stunts work similar to nobody is that there is humor in the action yes they're so out of control they're so absurd they're so you know of the space of the environment mm-hmm. and the objects that they find around them to then influence the way that they fight with each other yeah and it's just wonderful to watch for example baubles are being thrown around <laughs> santa claus makes a shiv out of a candy cane to stab someone you think he's just having a little <laughs> snack on a candy cane while he's bunching some bad guys no he's just sucking on that to turn it into a shank <laughs> <laughs> So good. I love the way the fight sequences improvised with what was around them, the Mm. Christmas decorations, the tinsel, the candy canes, as we just said. Yeah. Another thing that's really funny is there's this vibe that Christmas songs play while people are getting their butts kicked. Yes. And bones broken. So that juxtaposition of violence and jolly songs Mm. really brings that extra layer of humour. Yes. It's the perfect balance there. And you think you've – heard Christmas songs being used in every kind of context, but when it gets used in such a fun, violent way, you, you're like, wow, how can Christmas take on a whole new meaning in one movie? And it is, that this is what Violent Night delivers. This film also pays homage to things like Die Hard. Mm, it which is a, is a Christmas movie. <laughs> I was about to say that. You beat me to it. And Home Alone in some of the stunt sequences. Yes. There's a whole sequence where Trudy, the little girl, sets up all these booby traps to help Santa out. Yeah, and I think they set that up really well from a story perspective because right at the beginning of the movie you learn that she's watched Home Alone the night before for the very first time. Mm. And so she's trying to escape these mercenaries in this big mansion and she successfully does for one point. And then she uses her wonderful imagination that she has wrapped up in her sweet disposition (laughs) and conjures up all these booby traps. And it is a great, nice nod. Very funny. Yeah. But it ain't nothing like you've seen in Home Alone. It's turned up several notches from a violence graphic perspective. A hundred percent. And also there's a couple of really funny moments where – you know the booby trap that's coming and so does the bad guy. But she's actually gotten a little bit creative and, and subverted what we think is going to happen. Yeah, and that works for the audience as well because yeah. you think, oh, all these booby traps are really predictable but they keep you on the edge of your seat and it's fun to experience that along yeah. with the characters live in that moment. One thing we didn't talk about in terms of the script and things, the script, okay, it's not winning any awards. No. But that's the kind of film that it is. It's cheesy one-liners. And it's so aware of the tone that yeah. it is. Is putting forward the characters are so 
a cliche mm -hmm. and over the top that you just got to roll with the punches because yeah. it's the only way that you're going to get through the story because it is very on the nose. It is. Uh, but it is fun all the same. It is really fun. There are a couple of subplots though, particularly involving the family dynamics as, mm. as we talked about, that I don't think were all that necessary. It's mm. not the kind of film like you don't need to add a lot of depth to it. Yeah. Um, they do say that it's got a big beating heart at the heart of this film, but yeah. it, wasn't, it didn't need one, no, I don't think. It wasn't a huge beating heart it was there like there were murmurs of the sentimentality underneath it mm. but i do think that despite how funny and fast-paced this movie was from an action perspective there was nothing wrong with the pace there mm. but in the story like you commented there were some things they could have either completely omitted or sharpened here and there just to make it yeah. roll along just a little tighter speaking of sharp the special effects. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about that. <laughs> Santa's magical Christmas scroll, for example, tells him the good and bad deeds that children have done throughout the year. Yeah. I think that was really well done. Yeah. And it looked so magical. It does. It was a really nice visual. It revealed a lot about characters in a really quick way as mm. well, all the naughty or nice things that they've done. So it joined the dots between a character and made you feel about someone yeah. in that moment without having to go into too much detail. So it was a clever mechanic. There's a lot of practical action like explosions. There's mm. a lot of in-camera fighting and stunt action stuff. So there's not a lot of special effects. Mm. There is one that I really enjoyed and it was when Santa whooshes himself up the chimney, which yes. happens a couple of times. Yeah. It's like a port key Harry Potter kind of thing, the way he just yeah. kind of folds himself up and goes whoosh up the up the chimney. By a little tap tap on the nose yep. too. Of course. It's very funny. There's this element in this movie where the magic that Santa uses is unknown. It's this really nice ambiguity about why and how he can do all these things. And one of the best things about that layer of the story is that Santa himself doesn't know how that happens either. Yeah, he does just, comment on that, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, quite a few times. It's just something that him as being Santa inherits. He doesn't understand it, but he can do it. And it just adds some mystery to the mythology of Santa mm. as well that David Harbour brings to the screen. Just a bit more on the mythology. We do get a bit of background mm. as to how who he was before he was Santa. Because he hasn't always been Santa. He hasn't always been Santa. And we're not going to reveal that because that's a spoiler and it's, it's quite It's too fun cool. to enjoy in the moment. Do you think there could have been more to that though? More yeah. to developing that kind of subplot? Yeah. It took me by surprise when it presented itself as to who Santa was before he was Santa. And I thought, all right, this is layered. This is interesting. Mm. More of this, please. And then it just moved on from it. Yeah. And it wasn't until that I was reading the production notes on the film that the director, Tommy, actually explains his journey to become Santa. And I'm sitting there reading that. I've read it once or twice and I was like, did they? Did I miss some dialogue in the movie? Right. Because that actually was not explained visually or verbally in the movie and it's a real shame because it's really fucking interesting. It is. It's a shame we can't tell you about it. I know. <laughs> You'll just have to watch it yourself. Yeah, it's a shame it wasn't translated to the screen a bit clearer, I yeah, guess. Because, I mean, there's nice character development in here and they presented Santa as quite interesting. Mm. It was a shame that they didn't go full circle with that in the yeah. movie. David Harbour delivers a fantastic performance as Santa. So we good. talked him up at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Of course, David Harbour is Hopper from Stranger Things. <laughs> he's been in Hellboy. He's in, been in Black Widow. He's been in so many things. So we know he can throw down in an action sequence. Absolutely. You know, you know he can bring it. But also he can portray 
the kindness that's mm. needed for Santa in a performance. When you first meet Santa, you don't think you're going to experience anything tender about him, but there's a really beautiful two-hander between mm. Santa and Trudy that develops over the life of the movie. But just on him, you know, packing a punch and everything, I, I wonder if David Harbour just got so over that bloody wet beard that he had to wear all the time. Because, like, he's fucked up for most of the movie. There's just <laughs> blood going everywhere. Yeah. And I just wanted to I don't know whether you felt the same I just wanted him to just wipe his upper lip I just wanted to wipe his (laughs) moustache because it kept dripping with blood and I thought oh god that must have been so annoying to wear all day it does take him a while to find the groove doesn't it he gets his butt kicked a few times and then he starts to remember exactly and and find himself there's a lot of characters in this movie are trying to find their place in the world Sanders definitely one of them and yes he finds his feet later on in the movie and it's just so fun to watch. Opposite David Harbour as the bad guy, the villain of the piece, is Emmy winner John Leguizamo. He leads the team of mercenaries as Mr Scrooge, as Mm. we said. He's a ruthless guy who's also lost faith in Christmas. Yes. He's quite disillusioned with Christmas too. He is, he is. And deeply intelligent. The thing that he's trying to play out in this family home has been planned meticulously over many, many months. He keeps saying he knows everything. He knows all the answers. You can't pull a trick on him. Mm. But the one trick that was put on him that no one could see coming was Santa. Yep. And so Santa just throws this spanner in the works. And it's a great centerpiece as him as the main villain because everyone else around him are just idiots as well. <laughs> and so you just see him becoming more and more unhinged. And John Leguizamo delivers such a great performance as we know he always does. He's a brilliant character actor. And I can't go on any further without you talking to us about the fact that you spoke to John Leguizamo recently. I did and it was a career highlight for me for sure because he has brought to life some of my favourite on-screen characters. I've got to list some of them. Please. Tybalt from Romeo and Juliet. Yes, phenomenal. Sid in Ice Age. Yes. Chi Chi in Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. Toulouse Lautrec from Moulin Rouge. I mean, his quote from Moulin Rouge, the greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. Moment of silence. Yes. <laughs> Still gets me. Still gets me all these years later. And you can actually check out our interview with John Leguizamo over on YouTube and our interview with the director, Tommy Wakola on all good podcast platforms now. Can we talk about... Beverly D'Angelo as Gertrude Lightston. Mm-hmm. The best thing about her inclusion here is just the very obvious nod of her involvement in cult Christmas classic, uh, National Lampoon Christmas yes. Vacation yep. movie. I love to see her here. God, she's menacing and mean. And National Lampoons is actually a favourite of the director, I found out in our ah. chat. So it was a nice full circle moment for him to have Beverly D'Angelo in the cast. She's also perfect casting to play this really ruthless mother matriarch mm. character. I mean, one of the first times we are introduced to Gertrude, she's on the phone for a business call. It turns out to be a senator or something and you yeah. can't believe that she's talking that way to the senator. She says, don't shit in my mouth and tell me it's chocolate. So <laughs> if that doesn't give you an idea of how she lives her life and yep. treats people, then I don't know what else will. That also gives you an idea on the type of dialogue that you're going to find in <laughs> yeah. this film. Lots of puns <laughs> yes. and, and very obtuse language. As we mentioned, yeah, she's the head of this double-crossing family. Her kids are played by Alex Hassel and Edie Patterson and they're all fighting for their ball-breaking mother's approval for some reason, even though they don't like each other. They're all working against each other with crazy schemes. 
it's so selfish because all they're doing, and I think they mentioned this in the film, they're just trying to position themselves in the best way for the will when mm. she carks it. <laughs> they, they want her money, basically. basically. They're, they're all aware how deplorable of a human being she is, but they're still fighting for her affections for some reason because money is just clearly the driver in this family yeah. for most. Then we have Trudy, the little girl at the heart of the film. Yeah. She's the emotional beating heart of Violent Night. She's the kid who talks to Santa through a two-way radio mm. and renews his Christmas spirit. Yeah. And I think her innocence balances his grumpy violence really well. Yeah, definitely. Offsets it. The nice thing about this two-hander, when you think of kids and their relationship with Santa and Christmas movies, it's not about helping him fight bad guys and, and come up with plans and give Santa the sort of feeling again in who they are as a person. It's usually the other way. Santa trying to uplift kids and make them feel like they yeah. have a place in the world. So I like that flip of the script there between those those characters yeah. specifically. Yeah, it's usually believe in me, I exist. Yeah. The kids don't believe and they need to believe again. Yeah, you're right. It yeah. flips the script a little bit. And, of course, she wants mummy and daddy to make up. Mm-hmm. So they can be a cohesive family unit again. So that's her Christmas wish as well. That's another one of those subplots that I didn't feel like needed to be in there because really the Lightstons, apart from the mother, they're just scene fodder, really. Mm. They're just there to be kidnapped. They keep the story yes, moving. to yeah. say dumb shit, get in dumb situations. But yeah. the focus really is on Santa and Scrooge yeah. facing it out against each yeah, other. definitely. <laughs> that's what you go for. Yeah, that's it. Shall we wrap up our review of Violent Night? Yeah, let's give it a go. So Violent Night delivers a hefty dose of season's beatings with dark humour and Christmas movie callbacks. The script isn't particularly sophisticated, nor are the characters, but there's something wildly satisfying about seeing David Harbour as a tough-as-nails Santa Claus and all the creative kills and action that plays out, delivered by a talented team of stunt coordinators and actors. I don't know if we mentioned actually earlier on that most of the mercenaries were stunt actors. Ah, that's really cool. Yeah. I did not know that. I found that really, really interesting. I mean, that makes sense in terms of, you know, how what they delivered on screen. It was utterly convincing and now I know why. Yeah, so the focus really is on the action in yeah. this film overall. So Violent Night doesn't pretend to be anything that it's not. This one is most enjoyable if you just switch off your brain and just go with it. I'm giving it three popcorn kernels out of five. I couldn't agree with you more, Lee. Well, Violent Night is the anti-Christmas movie of your holiday season nightmares, but in a good way. David Harbour is a fantastic Saint Nick who delivers a brilliant performance, delivering on heart and hero like you've never seen Santa before. The action and stun work are the MVPs of the film that elevate a story and script that will surprise and entertain in all the right ways. Some pacing issues let the momentum fizzle from time to time, but all you need to do is relish in the cliche and absurdity of it all and have a bloody good time. I'm going to rate Violent Night three and a half popcorn kernels. Well, there you have it. Violent Night is in Australian cinemas from December 1. And don't forget to check out our interviews with John Leguizamo and Tommy Workola for a bit of extra behind-the-scenes info. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Lee, let's jump into our news and trailer section of the episode because it seems as though Christmas has come early with all the (laughs) franchise trailers that debuted this week, including the first exciting footage from the new Indiana Jones. Oh my God, I cannot wait to dive into that. Transformers and Guardians of the Galaxy films. Okay, well, let's kick off with the Indiana Jones film since we're so excited about it. Good idea. From director James Mangold and producer Steven Spielberg, which sees Harrison Ford return to his iconic role of hero archaeologist Indiana Jones for the first time in 15 years. Can I ask you, Mm. were you a fan of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? No. Okay. (laughs) I think it cops a lot of flack unfairly. Is it the perfect film? Oh, hell no. It's still fun. It doesn't quite have the tone and the magic Mm. of the Indiana Jones series overall. We're really hoping this one is going to be a return to form. Yes, fingers and toes crossed. Well, Lee, the title has been revealed as Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which is so foreboding. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the trailer shows Indy picking up his famous fedora and whip for another globetrotting adventure Mm -hmm. with Phoebe Waller-Bridge joining him as his... Goddaughter, I Helena. Think so yeah. There's this quick dialogue. He, he calls her his goddaughter, and they say, "Oh, they're loosely related." So mm. that is still a bit up in the air. We did get a glimpse in the trailer also of the de-aging technology used for Harrison Ford, and it mm. does actually look really good. It was only a glimpse, only a glimpse. But we talked about in a previous episode that yes. Harrison Ford said it's really, really well done. Mm. Um, it does look really good, and I was thinking about this, and I was wondering, is it because? It's not a huge amount of de-aging because Harrison Ford was about 40. Yeah, in his mid-40s or something. When these films started coming out. And so, like, it is a huge jump. 40 years is a huge jump. But it's not like you're jumping to a fresh-faced teenager, early 20s. That's true. Five o'clock shadow, all those sort of things. Yeah. So, I'm I'm wondering if that helps the situation as well. Well, we were nervous about the de-aging technology. We had James Mangold, the director, and also Harrison Ford, like you say, keeping us, you know, it's going to be fine, guys. It it looks good. (laughs) I am utterly convinced. I was shocked at how believable it was. It almost felt like they were showing scenes from Raiders of the Lost Ark, not a de-aged Harrison Ford in a new sequence. We did talk about the fact that industrial light and magic is behind the special effects. They're such innovators in this space. So it it doesn't surprise me. It does make you nervous, but Mm. it doesn't surprise me that they've pulled it off. We'll see when the film comes out, I guess. We'll see. We'll see. Now, outside of the de-aging, how did this trailer make you feel? It made me feel like I was watching an original Indiana Jones film. Didn't it just feel like... Oh, yeah, the music was playing perfect. in the background. There was a bit of action. Comedy. A bit of comedy. A, a lot of in-camera set pieces and effects. They made that yeah. very apparent in the trailer. It was cut together so perfectly. But also really big set pieces with clearly some CGI to extend yes. the scope. Mate, like I couldn't be more excited. And at the end of the trailer, Indiana Jones has this moment where he faces off against all these <laughs> bad guys. Yeah. 
and he like has his whip or something. He's whipping his whip around, and they all pull yeah. out guns. And he kind of goes, he ducks down under the table. And I thought that's such an indie move, isn't it? Well, like, yeah, and it's paying homage to Raiders. Yeah, where this big samurai guy comes out with all these swords and yeah. does all this fanfare, and then Indy just gets a gun and shoots him and walks away. <laughs> Which do you know the story behind that? No, tell me. So there was meant to be this choreographed, planned fight between Indy and this bad guy mm. in, in the streets of wherever they were in the Middle East or something, but Harrison Ford was unwell. I think on the day. I think he had diarrhea or he had stomach <laughs> issues. We don't need to know and the so details, he wasn't, No, I like the details. Uh, and so he wasn't up to doing the whole choreograph thing. So they rewrote it to just be this, oh, Indy just gets his gun out, shoots him and moves on. Yeah. How cool is that? That's really I cool. I love that. And it was one of the most iconic moments in the movie. And I get the feeling from this trailer too that we're going to be seeing some realistic fighting from yes. Indy because, you know, he's – what, 80, 80 years old? Mm-hmm. He's not going to be flipping off buildings and jumping onto motorbikes and doing that kind of stuff. Like, we, let's be honest. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's got to use the tools at his disposal and what he can safely do within his physicality. And yes. I think we're going to get that. I agree. Well, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is coming to Australian cinemas on June 29 of next year, friends. Gimme, gimme, gimme. <laughs> Another one I'm really excited about is Transformers mm. Rise of the Beasts which takes us on a 1990s adventure with the Autobots and a new breed of Transformer, the Maximals, as they fight their enduring battle against the Decepticons. Now, Ron Perlman from Hellboy joins the voice cast as Maximal leader Optimus Primal, a descendant of the Autobots whose beast mode is a gorilla. It looks so impressive, didn't it? It does. It really looks impressive. Really cool stuff. Joining the Autobots, Decepticons, Maximals and their enemy, the Predacons, are humans Noah, played by Anthony Ramos, an ex-military man, and Eleanor, who's played by Dominique Fishback, who is an artifact researcher. So you've got to have the humans interacting with all machines as well. Yes, of course, in all the cool ways that they do. This trailer got me because... The Transformers movies, while they're not the best movies ever made, I will concede that. The soundscape of these movies gets me every time. Oh, my God. I freaking love it. Something about it. When you hear them transforming, it gives me goosebumps. It gets me Mm. really excited. I'm a sucker for these movies. Yeah. I mean, look, I was giggling underneath when we're reading things out like Maximal Leader, Optimus Primal and the Predacons. And I'm just like, oh, Christ. But, you know. You just got to roll with it. So with I guess movies. you were probably a bit young to be a fan of the 1990s series. Yeah, no, I never that this watched was based it. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm, I'm a huge fan of the, I guess, original trilogy in the franchise yeah. that had Shia LaBeouf in it and etc. This one kind of fits in between Bumblebee and the oh, the original films. I think. Did you see Bumblebee? I did. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, as well. I need to throw that on. Yeah, because it's meant to be quite good. I think we'll be getting a sequel to that. To be ah, honest, Bumblebee two. Bumblebees, maybe. (laughs) Can have that one for free. (laughs) So Transformers Rise of the Beasts brings the battle to Australian cinemas June 8, 2023. Okay, last but certainly not least, in the franchise drops, Zoe Saldana launched the debut trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 at Brazil's Comic-Con experience. Saldana plays Gamora in the Marvel films and it will be interesting to see how they bring her back into the fold after her character's untimely demise in Avengers Infinity War and then her past self pre-Guardians being brought into the current timeline. Hopefully you can keep up with us. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether she rejoins the team. I mean, I think this is the last time we're going to see this Guardians team in this 
iteration, right, which is quite sad. And it's also mm. James Gunn's last Marvel film before he jumps over to DC to yeah. run the whole show at DC, which we're very excited very about. Very excited about. Sad, but excited, mm. you know. Oh. Glad that his last sort of piece with the MCU is wrapping up The Guardian. So the trailer also hints at giving us some proper backstory for Rocket, mm. voiced by Bradley Cooper. We've never really got this before, so I'm quite excited. Mm. And it alludes to this being potentially the final mission for this misfit family of fighters that is The Guardians. Mm. So Volume 3 has been announced as the final Guardians film in a set trilogy, but who knows what the future holds in Marvel's universe. Anything can happen in the multiverse. Indeed. Now, just building on the whole Rocket mm. backstory, we got like a Puss in Boots look at big eyes at the screen with <laughs> oh, a little young Rocket. I couldn't help but re- <laughs> like link it to that experience. So, so cute. So cute. Well, you don't think Rocket and cute in the one sentence, so... But it's going to tear our hearts apart because obviously we mm. know that Rocket was experimented on mm. and... Oh, oh that could be hard to It's going to get sad. Some people are saying this might be Rocket's end in this film. Like we might lose some of them. Mm. But we've been introduced, we got a glimpse of Adam Warlock in the movie. We did which too. Which looks really cool. Played by Will Poulter, who looks incredible. Like yes. he's beefing up he, to the max. Yeah. He's had his chicken. He's had his protein, that's for sure. Oh dear. Well, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 will be in Australian cinemas from May 4, 2023. Meanwhile, a new full-length trailer for Mario gives us a bigger glimpse into what we can expect from Illumination's animated take on Nintendo's Super Mario Brothers. I'm really interested to hear what you thought of this trailer because... Like obviously the voice cast is an impressive lineup of A-listers with Chris Pratt voicing the hero Mario, mm-hmm. Bowser voiced by Jack Black, Anya Taylor-Joy as Princess Peach, Charlie Day as Luigi, Keegan-Michael Key as Toad and Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Mm. I have to say, mm-hmm. before I hear your thoughts. Okay, go for it. I think this is the first time watching a trailer that I've ever felt in equal measure that I love some of the voice cast and loathe some of the voice cast. Like actually have a visceral reaction okay. to Chris Pratt's voice mm-hmm. as Mario. I think it's terrible. I, I agree. It is awful. Let's go. No, no, no. Okay. That has so much <laughs> more energy than what Chris Pratt delivered to the microphone. He's like, let's go. It's it's like he's sad. <laughs> no, see, that's the one thing I took away. Is it's like, is he even is he even into this? Are we gonna get just tokenistic quotes? Well, it's certainly in. in the context of trailers, that's all we're getting from him. Because we got more of him talking than mm. we have before. Yeah. And, it, yeah, it's quite dull. Yeah, it's dull. That's they, it. They really should have cast a proper Italian or someone who can pull off an Italian accent convincingly. Yeah, that's I completely agree. This movie looks fucking stunning. It does look really good. And it's so annoying that we're both so jarred by the voice cast because – an animated movie, no matter how beautiful it looks, lives mm. and dies by the performance of the voice And cast. as I said, Jack Black as Bowser sounds fantastic. Yes. Even Anya Taylor-Joy as Princess Peach, which, you know, it's a fairly generic female character. Mm. Mm. She sounds great. Keegan-Michael Key as Toad is brilliant. Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong is really good as well. Yeah. Charlie Day as Luigi. I really enjoy Charlie Day as a voice actor. Mm-hmm. Again, you kind of have to put him in the same category as Mario, that it really should be a bit more authentic casting. Mm. Gosh, they've got a real problem on their hands, don't they? Where the two lead actors in the film aren't delivering what audiences expect. But I didn't mind Charlie Day's Luigi. Mm. It didn't sound as jarring as what Chris Pratt as Mm. Mario does. Well, look, we don't have to wait long, Lee, because... 
the Super Mario Brothers movie is in Australian cinemas from March 30 of next year. Still will watch. Still will watch, of course. And we'll bring (laughs) our thoughts to you, Chris Pratt and all. (laughs) In some refreshing news to round out this episode, it has been confirmed that all 23 categories will be aired during the Oscars 2023 telecast. Yeah. You're cheering. I am. In an exclusive statement with Variety, Bill Kramer, the CEO of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, announced we are committed to having a show that celebrates the artisans the arts and sciences and the collaborative nature of movie making. Good, good, good. Mm. Because the 2022 telecast saw the controversial decision to cut eight different Oscar categories from the ceremony, including original score, makeup and hairstyling, documentary short, even film editing, production design, animated short, live action short and sound. There are still a lot of categories below the line that don't show up in the Oscars. Mm. There's, there's still a lot of them as well. Do you reckon they should be showing everything? It'll be bloody long. They have a whole separate ceremony mm. where they acknowledge some of the more technical pointed yes. aspects. Yeah. Look, I don't think so. Even though we have this to celebrate, I, I think that's where the line in the sand needs to mm. be drawn. But they do have a voice. They do some content and stuff on it. They make a big hullabaloo, but they don't make the main telecast. But it was just unacceptable that those eight were pulled from the telecast this yeah. year. I'm really happy that they're back in. Yeah. It's great to see those artists getting the recognition that they so rightly deserve. Exactly. So the Oscars were telecast in Australia on Monday, March 13 of 2023. We will, of course, be watching. It's our Christmas. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and how apt to be talking about the Oscars, which is our Christmas, and Violent Night, which we reviewed this episode. Yes, and Violent Night is in Australian cinemas from December 1. And as we said, please check out our interviews with John Leguizamo and Tommy Wakola, and please follow on all the platforms, please. Thank you so very much. And as always, friends, thank you so very much for listening. We'll catch you next time. If you enjoy our episodes, head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. While you're there, we would love you to rate us and leave a review. You can also find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Alexa, and where all good podcasts are found. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.